As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Beside me always, Mr. Blake Harrison. How are you, sir? Very good, mate. Very good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm very, very conscious of my grey beard today because you got a little baby uh, face again, didn't you? I've gone clean shaven. I've gone clean shaven. Um, yeah, I just had a self tape, so had to uh, had to clean shave that bad boy down to the take a few years off. Take a few years off. <laughs> <laughs> try try and lie. I was saying earlier, there's a little bit of grey just there. Uh, that's like telling the truth of of, of how long I've been yeah. on this planet, but. Um, but yeah, I like to think I can get away with uh, shaving off a few years from what yeah, I actually am when, I, when I'm does. clean shaven. But I can uh, take I'm not, a, few I'm not years a fan off. of it. I prefer the beard. Same, same. Yeah. Like, I can take a few years off, but it also then reveals a multitude of chins. And it's like, oh, there they are. <laughs> and you ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> so a few years off, but a few pounds on. Exactly. So, uh, yes. so it's a catch-22, <laughs> mate. But um, we actually, I mean, sneaky peek behind the curtain of uh, the MMA fan podcast. Generally, when we press stop, Blake will have been looking at himself on Zoom for an hour, will at some point talk about how grey his beard is, and then I will talk about how grey my beard is. Uh, that's how vain we are. Please send us pictures on a postcard of your beards and, the, the you know, the, the progress of the greyness just spreading throughout the beard, if you, if you have Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, look, we're here to talk about, um, we're recording this on Sunday morning, and uh, one o'clock Sunday afternoon, actually, and uh, this is in the, the fallout of UFC 285, uh, John Jones versus Cyril Garn. Um, tell me how you watched it last night, Mr. Harrison. I watched it live, Did you? Baby. Mate, you are looking very fresh-faced. Mate, I have not been to bed. I'm on, this is me on 30 hours awake now. Wow. 30 hours. That's what a clean shave will do for you, mate. 
Oh, mate, get me a razor. (laughs) That and a a can of Coke Zero. Other fizzy drinks are available. Um, But, uh, yeah, that is is it. So I'm I'm on about 30 hours now. I don't feel too bad for it, though. I do feel all right. Mm. But it was good. I went round my brother's house, and a couple of my cousins were there, not for the fights. They were there because they they went uh, to watch Millwall earlier in uh, in the day. And they were there. I hadn't seen them for a while. So I popped round, and uh, we were gaming, playing a bit of Streets of Rage. Do you remember Streets of Rage? Is that a game that you played? I was never a gamer. Oh, mate, loser. Um, <laughs> yeah, all these loo Because you... Oh, you were in a band and socialising, oh, you big old... You big old yeah, loser. Yeah, loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the cool kids were indoors playing their video games, mate. You missed out. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Streets of Rage. And then he's got, like, a wrestling game. We were playing that for a bit. And Mario Kart and stuff. It was a good laugh. And then uh, they left cool and the fight started. We were all cool guys, <laughs> baby. All the ladies want to come round to our house. Um, um, yeah, so, uh, yep, that's what we were doing. Grown men in their 30s and 40s playing Mario Kart. Because it was a late one as well, a late, late one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was like yeah. a 7am finish. When I looked at my planner to record it, I thought, oh, mate. And, and literally, I mean, so, so you actually just watched it all live? We, we watched it We watched it all live. Uh, apologies if you if you were trying to stay, if you've looked at Twitter before seeing uh, mm. the action, because uh, I was tweeting a little bit from the, from the account and everything. Um, yeah, and it, but it was it was it was amazing. I mean, I think the first there was a few prelim fights that we were kind of like I was a bit distracted. He wanted to do some other things, whatever. Um, but uh, the from I watched Ian Gary and I watched Drickus and mm. Brunson, which we'll talk about, mm. and then obviously the whole main card all mm. all properly. So I've got my thoughts on on all of that, obviously. But uh, but yeah, it was a it was a fun way to watch it. I don't watch things live very often in terms yeah. of the UFC because of the fucking time it's on. Yeah, but I kind of felt like this was one to do it for, not just for the mm. return of John Jones, but the card itself. I thought was a really good card, so yeah. I thought let's do it. Let's 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 watch this one live. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, Mister Scrooby's Pip did invite me round, and. But when I looked at it, and like I say, I see that the recording finished at 7am, I just thought, I can't do that. It's just going to yeah. write me off like, on a Sunday. Because obviously, you know, I work my club on a Friday night, and that's a, a stupidly late one. And it's like, 49, man. I can't be doing these two two late nights on the bands. <laughs> it's falling apart. So um, so I actually had a nice early night and woke up at 6am and come downstairs. And, and I had to be really careful uh, because when you're, uh, uh, on my thing, when you um, you record it and you turn the telly on, it automatically puts that channel on. And so Ooh. I just thought, oh, it's six. Uh, shit, I'm, I could actually just end up turning on John Jones. Well, you would uh, have done had it not yeah. finished so blooming quickly. Because yeah. it was about six that I remember, I think it, it all finished up, wasn't it? So, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I had a nice early early start today few cups of coffee and, and, and just really enjoy watching the whole, the whole um, prelims and the, the main card. And I've just this second gone back and watched, um, I've, I've sort of skipped through a lot of the fight past prelims, but I did obviously watch uh, former guest of the show, Ian Gary. But... Ian Mercado Gary. Uh, the future Ian Mercado Gary. Yeah. Yes. Former guest of the show, the future <laughs> Ian Mercado. We can keep going and going and going. Um, We're going to start with the big boys at the top, yeah? Oh, we have to. We have to. What? Wow. I mean, what? What else can you say? I. I just. I was just. 
blown away by it. I was also slightly disappointed because mm. I didn't. I did want more of a fight. <laughs> I yeah, mean, we, I did, we didn't like... see anything of John Jones. No, we, I, mean... I, I, I think there's. He's answered some questions, but equally, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, yeah, loads. In terms of how he's going to carry that weight and all that stuff. I mean, he looked for the brief amount of time we saw him. He looked phenomenal. He said he felt a bit rusty on his feet, didn't he? Well, I was amazed. I think goofy was his exact words. He said, I just felt a bit goofy on my feet. So uh, so I took him down. I mean, I felt like he was doing really well on the feet in terms of like... Hmm. When I think of John Jones, particularly in the the more recent times that we've seen him, I think of a very intelligent... um, in the cage, uh, intelligent guy with good, good, good fight IQ. That's that's defensively sound. Yeah, and it was like he was just like, nah, I'm just going to push forward, mate. I'm just, and it, the way he just went, I'm upper weight class, and not just any weight class, not ten pounds. He is really upper weight class, and he he doesn't necessarily know how his body's going to react completely in, in, in that situation with a guy as elite as Cyril Garn is. Mm-hmm. And he just pushed forward the whole time was cutting him off the cage, pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward. And you're like this. I, I didn't expect to see that side of him. Obviously it was the wrestling that did it. We spoke about that on the preview show. That's where he was always going to have a huge advantage. And he, he, he didn't need to, what's the phrase? My, my tired, brain isn't working but he didn't need two offers did he it was just like first chance he got to grab hold of him yeah. boom took him down i think that was it it felt like for me that um cyril was just moving like constantly moving out like just because jones was coming forward and i think he just was didn't get an opportunity to catch him and earn his respect and it just felt like i thought Garn looked a little bit in awe of everything that was going on. I think he just like the you know the the size of of, of the, the gravitas of what you're doing. I know he's been in there with with you know with, with with Francis and such, but this is this is John Jones, and you know this whole week that you know it, it it's all been you know the John Jones show. But yeah, he didn't. It felt like he just didn't get anything off on him to kind of just go. Well, hang on he a minute. Didn't. No, and that's what I'm saying. And, and like to to have gone up, you know, I'm here. I deserve to be here. Right, we're gonna have a fight. And like you say, the minute he managed to sort of get him, it was it was so easily done, wasn't it? And it was, you know, uh, all right. So, and un- you cannot deny that he's the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. I, I don't see anybody, um, yeah, any anywhere close to that. You know, it, it's it's very I, well I, documented that outside of the octagon, he's not an ambassador for the sport, uh, and that that's what taints it a little for me. Yes, me too. Um, so, moving forwards now, I mean, he called out Stepe, um, which I'm interested in. I'm not. Right, but... But Dana said it's happening. Right. See, that's not the fight that I think he's going to test John Jones. No. I I, I don't see it. Right, looking at how he fights, you might think I'm mad, right? I think the only person in that top 10 that's going to beat him is Tom Aspinall. I think Tom Aspinall's speed, Tom Aspinall's comfortable on the floor. I, I think... He's got, he's the person in that top ten 
I don't think Curtis Blades has got the size to do it. I think Tom Aspinall is the only person in the UFC that stands a chance of beating John Jones at the moment, currently in that heavyweight division. Well, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not including Francis in that. It's, well, I mean, we can talk about Francis because that's a fight. Again, Dana said Francis is never going to come back. That door is shut. And I think that's a travesty if we never get that fight. It'd be such a shame. Yeah. And I think we should talk about that and how we feel about that fight now that we've seen John Jones at heavyweight. Mm. But looking at the heavyweight division right now, there's two. I would go with two people that I think would give him his biggest test. Tom Aspinall's the other one. And the other one for me is Curtis Blades. I think mm. Curtis Blades does have good size. I think he's very athletic. Um, and he can match John in the wrestling department. Mm. I, th- I think John won't be able to take Curtis down. Curtis, you know, will be able to do well enough in, in, in the wrestling. And then it comes to the striking. I do think John Jones is a better striker. But I think Curtis has improved his striking. Mm. And I think that... Um, I don't think of I don't think of Jones as a knockout artist. You know, he's you know I I, I think of him as someone that that is a good striker, defensively sound, all those kind of things. But I, I know what he did to DC. But yeah, I, I, he's not got that kind of Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis yeah, yeah, knockout yeah, yeah, power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think Curtis Blade could give him a really good fight. Mm. I think Tom Aspinall is the other one because if it goes to the ground, top pressure, John Jones, Jesus, you're in trouble. But Tom Aspinall does have very, very good grappling, great uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, could catch him in something for sure. But it's, I think trying to keep it on the feet is where he would have most success and that speed, that in-and-out movement and, and, the, and the, the boxing. But, I mean, Cyril Garn, just as you say, was he just in awe of it? He didn't seem like he was going into the cage or in the lead up to the fight. But during the fight itself, it seemed like he just couldn't get going. He he, he was kind of just trying to keep away from him. And John was just mm. pressuring forward. Maybe it was that. Maybe he wasn't expecting that. Maybe he's expecting John to try and fight from the outside. And he yeah. was just on the back foot mentally because of John's approach to the fight. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, but I think, yeah. Uh, go, go on. on. Sorry. I just think on the whole, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. Yes, we saw a first-round finish for John Jones in his return to become a two-weight champ and cement himself as the, the, you know, the GOAT. But as you said, so many questions were unanswered. We didn't get to see much of John Jones. We didn't get to see what happens in the second round. We didn't get to see what his cardio was like. We didn't get to see anything, really. And I was just... I don't know. I, I wanted more, but you don't get paid for overtime. And, you know, John Jones is right back at the top. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what's next for Cyril Garn. Um, I guess there's... Um, oh, who's the terror in that division? It's Pavlovich, isn't it? The, pa- uh, Pavlovich is fighting Blades. That's coming yeah. up soon. Pavlovich and Blades. I think the winner of that fight, for me, is more deserving... Than Stipe. And yeah, I had, of course. Uh, uh, well, you say, of course. I was chatting to my brother about it. He thinks, no, Stipe's the winningest heavyweight. He's, um, you know, he's a, he, he, kind the of a, a legend. Uh, great uh, of all time, according to John Jones. Yes. I mean, he would say that in order to get the legacy and, and, mm. and beat him and all that stuff. He was never going to say that Stipe's like, 
How old is Stipe now? Is he about 40 uh, years seven, old? 74, <laughs> I think. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like, this guy, he hasn't fought in, like, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever it is. Um, what was his last fight when he just got obliterated by Francis? I'd have to look that up. I, 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 yeah, it must I be. I think it was. I it must it be. So he's coming off a loss. He hasn't fought for well over a year, I think. Yeah. Um, he's 40 years old or whatever it is. You, you, you've got like, to... I just don't... I just you've got don't, to feel yeah. for Curtis Blades, haven't you? You really do. It's like that. It's, it's, he's like the Benil Dariush. Every division's yeah. got one, it seems, yeah. that just can't get a title shot when they sort of deserve it. I mean, Curtis... You know, in in defence of the UFC in this situation, Curtis has come up short against Ngannou twice, but Ngannou's not around anymore. And God, who hasn't come up short against Ngannou? You know, mm. um, and then Steve Derek Bate. Lewis caught him mm. as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I just I, I think Curtis Blades, particularly if he beats Pavlovich, has earned that shot, yeah. and he should get that shot. But from if you're if you're in John if you're John Jones's manager, mm. you're going. Right, well, go for Stipe because, A, it means way more for your legacy than it does if you beat Curtis Blades or a Tom Aspinall once he gets mm-hmm. fit and hopefully gets a couple of wins under his belt or a Sergei Pavlovich. Um, Stipe's a way more winnable fight as well because everything Stipe does well, Jones does better, I think. Mm. Um, and also, Stipe's not a big heavyweight. Mm. Like, Stipe weighed in, I think, on the one of the Cormier fights are like, 230-something pounds. Yeah. Like, Stipe is probably going to look significantly smaller yeah. than John Jones, I think. Mm. So, that's that's the easy fight. Mm. It's the money fight, because he's a big name. Yeah. And it's the legacy fight. It's all those mm. things in one. And it makes you think about the future of the heavyweight division and John Jones, because you go, okay, let's, let's say... John Jones and Stipe fight in July. They turn it round quick. John Jones wins. I think I would. I would say he's a massive favourite to win that yeah. fight. Um, what does John Jones do after that? Like he'd, he'd probably, he'd ha- if, if if Blades goes through Pavlovich, he's going to have to fight Curtis Blades. I would have thought. I can't. But, but do you? If you're John, like if you're John, like you said, you you he lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now I can't profess to know loads about what the how much it costs to live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it's not New York, it's not London, it's not LA. Mm. I imagine he's got a very, very, very luxurious, nice lifestyle being mm. a millionaire in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, he doesn't need to fight money-wise. He's fighting for greatness, for legacy. Maybe he continues to fight because he loves it, but, I mean, he's just been away for three years. And I don't know, it seemed like he was all right being away. Mm. So does he go, right, I've, I've won the belt. I've beat Stipe. If I definitely can't fight Francis, who he had some choice words for in the press conference, post-fight mm. press conference, he called him a pussy, which, you know, mm. I thought oh, it wasn't particularly funny or classy or, or mm. anything. It, it wasn't it's John great. Jones we're talking about. It's John right. Jones, obviously. But... um if you can't get the Francis fight, does it do much for him fighting Blades, Aspen? Or like, like, could he just go, all right, I'll just, I'll just chill out for a year. If you can't get Francis back, I'll just, I'll vacate 
then I'll leave. And if someone emerges that people go, oh, he's amazing, we have to see him fight John Jones, maybe I'll pop well, that. Let's, let, let's not count out Pavlovich at the moment because he's looking terrifying. No, and, yeah. Uh, and, and I think Blade is a real test. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, we're talking Blades. This could easily be turned on his head if, if Pavlovich, you know, finishes yeah. him in, 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 in good fashion. But and equally, we... Jones isn't going to want to fight him, is he? No, like, of not, not. Not, not that he's not going to want to fight him in terms of he's worried about him. It just it's it not does a big nothing money fight. for him. Yeah. He's back at, it's like he's back at light heavyweight going, yeah. oh, I've you got these. The... It's weird like... because you, you want the, the big fights, the big names, like you want your. You know, your, your Diaz is in your McGregor style kind of yeah. like veteran super fights. But if you're the champ, you can't really have them because you've got loads of predators waiting there that deserve their shot. Mm. And so what do you do if you can't get them super fights? You've just got to either fuck off or fight. Mm. Fight the predators that are, are chomping at the bit to, to get older. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a weird one. And I just want to say again, I was just a bit disappointed that yeah, we didn't get more of it. So I wanted, you know, I think we all wanted to see, you know, a couple of yeah. a couple of rounds out of John Jones. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. I'd like to have seen Cyril, you know, relax a little and get into the fight a bit more. Um, he might. He feels. I, I mean, I think I've seen him in press. He feels so disappointed in himself, and you would. Yeah. That is your second chance of becoming the proper heavyweight champion of the world. I know he was an interim champion, yeah. but it's not. It's not the same. His second chance of being a proper heavyweight champion, and that's how it went down, man. That that has got to, that's going to eat away at you. That sucks, doesn't it? Do, do you think there's a potential for Tommy Aspinall's comeback fight to potentially be gone, or do you think that's the maybe big, big step, or do you think maybe we we could see Tommy against a sorry former guest of the show Tom uh, Aspinall against. Uh, a tie to a Vasa, maybe? Like, I don't know. I mean, that's like, that's certainly a fun fight. And Ty's mm. now... Is he on a bit of a losing streak now after Garn and Pavlovich? Did he lose to Pavlovich as well? Tie to a Vasa? Yeah, so mm. so he's on a bit of a losing streak now. So maybe Tom comes back to fight to fight him. And, uh, you know, it'd definitely be a fun fight. Tom could easily come back with a bit of a warm-up fight and fight someone like a Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Mm-hmm. Um, someone like that. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think Cyril Garn now, we mentioned what, what's next for Cyril Garn. I mean, for as long as John stays around, uh, Garn, unfortunately, now is surely in a kind of weird gatekeeper role. Yeah. Like, he's he's got a huge hole in his game, which is the wrestling, which everyone that can wrestle will try to exploit. Uh, like, if you're Tom Aspinall, you're now going, well, oh, I can... I can take you down and I can I can mash you up. Um so yeah, I, I, I think Garn is it looks way more beatable to people now than he did. Yeah. I mean, the Nganu one, you always had the thing of like, oh, but he wasn't training for a wrestler. He yeah. was training for a striker, and that game plan just completely caught him off guard. Mm. Now you're like, and I know John John Jones is an ex- exceptional wrestler, mm. but now he's like, oh mate, this is this is a big hole you've got to fill quick. Yeah. Um, and I I think he, yeah, I don't know what's what's next for Garn. I do think he's in this kind of gatekeeper role. I don't know if he could fight a Tommy Aspinall or. Mm. The- As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B. 
And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Loser of Blades Pavlovich or I don't know really. I don't know what's what's next for Garn, but he's it's not the greatest position to be in, but however, if John Jones is thinking oh I I I I want Stepe and I want Francis and that's it. Then he gets he can beat Stepe in a few months. Francis fight may never happen, and then he might just go oh I'll vacate, and then Garn's open again to to go for the belt again if he's got a couple yeah, yeah. of other wins under uh, under mm-hmm. him. So, so yeah, so it's it's not all doom and gloom for Garn. He is young, but I think he's now got to wait for John Jones to say goodbye before anyone's even that bothered about watching him fight again. He'd have to put together like a four fight win streak, I think, before oh, I anyone's interested interested. So. Yes, it's... Weren't uh, the only person that shocked the world last night? Oh, my God. Alexa Grasso. Amazing. I mean... What? (laughs) It it feels like Nunez Pena again. It Mm. feels like, what? What? <laughs> Where, it's Ronda why Holm, and how? Completely, yeah. It's, but no, but 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 Ronda home wasn't that like home had, in my opinion, a clear pathway to victory. I know that uh, uh, Ronda was on such a big win streak and she looked unbeatable, but 
Home had a skill set that was so refined compared to what Ronda had faced before that you were like, mm. well, let's see how she can do with this. It wasn't a huge... I didn't... It was shocking that it happened in the manner that it did that head mm. kick and all that stuff. But the 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 gap between Pena and Nunes and yeah. what I believed to, to be the gap between Grasso and Shevchenko because Shevchenko has been so unbelievably dominant Best pound for pound woman at the moment, or, or, or was, because Nunez lost to Pena, I think. Um, and there was nowhere in that, in the lead up to the fight, I hadn't seen anything from Grasso where I went, that's going to trouble Shevchenko. Yes, she's got good boxing, but so Shevchenko, and she's got good kicks, good clinch work, great, you know, great multi takedowns. And we saw in the fight Shevchenko sort of grow in moments of the fight and learn, hey, the striking's actually harder for me than what I realized. Let me take her down. And I expected Shevchenko's success to be in the takedowns. But even when she took her down, she didn't do any kind of overwhelming damage. She was trying to put her in a crucifix at one point. And Grosso was able to get out of it, get yeah. back to her feet. She was matching her in a lot of the striking. Um Matching her, I thought she was. But well, like first round outstruck her completely. I thought yeah. she looked phenomenal. She, like, she looked switching really, stances, really good. confusing Valentina. I thought yeah. it was it was such a dominant um, first round, and, and, and yeah. I, I, I do I do think Valentina took the the second. And but let's talk about that rear naked choke. I mean, it oh was my God the the speed of it from that spinning kick. She just climbed her like a ladder. And and that was it. And it was like, fucking hell, that's unreal. And people don't do that to Shevchenko. And, and yeah, absolute props to Alexa Grasso ceasing that moment and not at any point looking like she didn't deserve to be in that octagon with, you know, one of the greats of all time, you know, if not the greatest, you know, she... She absolutely went in there brimming with confidence, super humble, super kind mm-hmm. in all the kind of press stuff leading up to it, as is Valentina. And we should also say Valentina was super gracious in defeat as well. Yes. Um, and, and obviously called for the immediate rematch. Yeah. But what an incredible moment for Mexico as well, you know. Like yeah. Another they've got Mexican three champions camp. at the moment. I know. Three champions. They've got Yair Rodriguez, uh, Alexa Grosso and, and Brandon Moreno. Like, yeah. The, the UFC have got to go to Mexico soon and take yeah. at least two of those champions with them. Um, Absolutely. And have, a, and have a great time over there. Um, you mentioned the spinning kick. How, how much is that eating away at Shevchenko now? Because that was it looked like maybe it, it wasn't the best choice in that moment. Like, all credit to Grasso. The way she got on her back and got the hooks in so quick, and then the squeeze. Did you see the squeeze and yeah. like the suntan thing, like the, the white mark after she let it go across her face? Because it wasn't even under the chin, was it? It was no. like a crank across. Such a tight squeeze she had on her. Um, but that spinning kick by Valentina was that. Was that sluggish? Was it laboured? Was it a bad choice in the moment? Like. Is that going to be something to see in a way? I, mean, I don't think it was sluggish. I think f- fourth round, no one should ever really question Shevchenko's cardio. Certainly not at that point in the fight. I thought she didn't look tired. I thought she looked quite. I don't know. Some of her shots looked a bit lazy to me, like in terms of like shooting for the takedowns. There was one or two. They even mentioned it on the commentary as well, where she she dropped down and really telegraphed a few a few yeah. 
She did telegraph take a few. Take down attempts. Right. Um, mm. And she did look... She looked a bit tired, I thought, but in we, there. We have, Only we a little seen, bit, not loads. We have seen Valentina under pressure before, and, and I just think nobody's really capitalised on it like Alexa Grasso. Yeah. She saw that moment, and... And fucking hell, did she make it count? It was unbelievable and, and and just great, you know, because we all like the Rocky story. We all like the underdog yep. that gets the opportunity and, and makes it count. It shakes up the division because, you know, me, you and Nathaniel Wilbur we're all sitting there going, it's Valentina Shevchenko, yeah. she's going to just go straight through yep. her. And it's like, and it, it, we wasn't alone in that. You know, everybody no. just presumes that nobody's going to beat uh, Shevchenko. And, well, it's just shook up the division. I mean... I presume she gets the immediate rematch. Yeah. And on the note you were talking about where everyone was like, it's just Shevchenko. Not only were people saying it's just Shev, it's obviously going to be a Shevchenko win. And we were part of that narrative yeah. going in. But there were also people that went even further to say they should just cancel this fight because Erin Blanchfield looks way better than Grasso. Mm. And that is, and we asked Nathaniel Wood about it. We were saying mm. there are people out there saying this. How disrespectful of that is is that? And Nathaniel said it is disrespectful, but I sort of get it because yeah. Grasso, up until this point, a beat their best win was ranked eighth. Uh, Arujo, mm. who lost to Hebas earlier that night, mm. there was not much that we'd seen from Grasso where we went, yeah, she's going to give Valentina problems. Whereas Aaron Blanchfield beating Jessica Andrade. That is something where you go, mm. okay, now I'm interested. Um, yeah. Poor Blanchfield now. She's going to have to fight someone else. She was thinking, oh, well, I'll fight for the belt before the end of the year. No, because there will be an immediate rematch, I'd imagine. Mm. Shevchenko's called for it. Shevchenko deserves it after being such a dominant champion. And I put up a little poll on Twitter for uh, followers of the MMA Fan podcast uh, on this note. I'll try and find it now. Uh, Do give us a follow on the socials. And I thought, immediate thoughts, will Shevchenko do what Nunes did and immediately regain her belt in the rematch with Grasso? 81% of the people that voted said, yes, they think she will immediately regain the belt. I... And part of the 19% that think she won. Ooh, Harrison, tell me more. Tell me more. Um, I, that, obviously, things can change. Because I think I maybe even thought a little bit like this when with the, the Peña Nunez one yeah. as well. And then by the time the fight rolled around, I was like, no, nah, Nunez is going to do it. With this, I'm thinking, this wasn't completely out of the blue. Because look at the Santos fight. And I'm wondering if now that we're seeing the Santos fight in relation to the Grasso fight, is it not a blip, but more of a sign of this amazing, great champion, one of the best uh, females to ever do it, if not maybe the best? I don't know. I think I still put Nunes above her, but... Is this a sign of her decline? 35 years old now, I think, or at least about to be. That, that, that's the easy thing to say, isn't it? But is that's it, the, though? The, I, well, 81% of people think that she's she's yeah. going to immediately win it back. I, I, yeah. I think maybe 
she's she's just father time is, is catching up. Also, I found out something else recently, and I'm going to have to go on topology now just to, to see this. Valentina Shevchenko, even though she's only 35, she had her debut like when she was something like 14 years old. Yeah. Like, so I think Valentina Shevchenko debuted only like three or four years after like Fedor Emelianenko. <laughs> yeah. That's mental, isn't it? Considering yeah, that, how, that, 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 on that, how that, much so of a decline Fedor has been on for quite a while. Yeah, and he's yeah, a bit yeah. more sort of before my time really as well, if I'm honest. Sure. Like it's more like, I think you, you and Pip and people like that would know mm. more about the kind of the Fedor days and all that kind of stuff. But like her debut as a pro mixed martial artist, um, was in 2003. It was yeah. 20 years ago. She's been fighting professionally for 20 years. That as will catch that, up with you. It will, but it also, in my mind, just got, just hammers home just how good she is. Like, she has yeah. literally tore through them 20 years and, and up until now looked pretty invincible. And, and I still think, if it would have gone to the scorecards before that, that rear naked joke, I probably probably would have given it to Shevchenko. I think Show- the first round. Go, go on, sorry. No, think, I'm, just, I'm now having a little game round. with myself. I'm having a little go game with myself where I'm going, who is, who is like, do we think of as like retired or old in terms of like MMA? And when did they debut? And Shogun Hua debuted about four or five months before Shevchenko. <laughs> wow. Glovacek Cheryl was fighting in the 60s. <laughs> uh. <laughs> when did Glover debut? I've got to do this now. You're going to have to talk to All the, the audience. Are in black and white at Glover's debut. <laughs> right, when was Glover's debut? Because we have been taking the mick out of our old Glover is for ages. Glover's debut. To be fair, Glover's debut was only 10 months before Shevchenko's. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been saying Glover's 73. Oh my God. But that's, but that's like you have, you have a time that your body can do this yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's not, obviously age is a factor, but also your time spent in the octagon. It's such a grueling sport. The training, the sparring, the weight cuts, the fights themselves. It's going to catch up with you at some point. And I wonder if we're seeing it now with Shevchenko, Santos was a start of the decline. She got through it. Grasso, she hasn't. Do, and in a rematch, mm, I don't know. Are man. we going to see, are we going to see Valentina just absolutely destroy Alexa Grasso in a rematch uh, and then cut off the gloves and leave me in the octagon? I don't know. Um, I don't because, know. I, I mean, I know people are talking Blanchfield, but she's cleared out everyone. And I, and I don't know if there was an element of, oh, well, Alexa Grasso's next on the block. Like, oh, this is going to be an easy night's work. And, and got shot. I don't think so. She's a professional fighter. She's not going to underestimate anyone. Maybe. Uh, but the other thing possibly. is, were, was, was she caught up in the Blanchfield thing? Like, a lot of people were talking about Blanchfield. And was she going, oh, let me just quickly get through Grasso. And then I'm going to go and smash Blanchfield because everyone's going on about Blanchfield and I'm going to go and smash her. So was she looking past her a bit? Maybe. 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 But Maybe. all credit to Grasso because that was a sensational 
finish to the fight. The yeah. way she took that back was yeah. really quite. I mean, Grasso by submission. I don't know what the odds were on that, but they someone would made have a lot been of money. Someone, someone crazy yeah. that yeah. everyone was calling a fucking idiot has <laughs> made yeah. loads of money on that. But Absolutely, yeah. You wait yeah, to man. see how much money I make when Dustin Poirier gets that scrap at the end of the <laughs> year, mate. Here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, who in the world wants to fight Shavkak Rachmanov? Anyone? Oh, mate. I mean, to be fair, Jeff Neal. Yeah. Jeff Neal did. And he, I mean, look, he came up pretty short, you know, but he did well. I mean, I, I did say, I don't think, I think we're going to get a more exciting fight than people thought. If, a lot of people going into this, Shavkat fanboys going, Shavkat's going to smash him. Shavkat's been, and he got the finish and he did well. But Jeff Neal gave us a way better fight than I think most people were expecting. And I'm going to toot my own horn. I said exactly that on this show, on the preview show. I was saying... Jeff Neal's great at avoiding the takedown. Shavkat doesn't shoot for takedowns. He gets them in the clinch. Jeff <laughs> Neal's avoided takedowns from the likes of Bilal Muhammad, stuff like that. And he likes it on the feet and he's got good hands. And that's what yeah. we saw. One thing I would say we've learned about Shavkat, man's got a chin on him. Not only is he a great striker, good top pressure, good submissions. That Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Man can take a punch as well. Mm. So, in a way, he's even scarier now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Neal's boxing's cracking. And uh, it, I thought the range was a big problem for Jeff Neal. And, and I think he was when he was coming in, he was just getting caught with that jab quite a lot. And it was piecing up his face in the end. And uh, he's like a fucking robot. He just does not stop pressuring you. He's, he's just terrifying. And everything he throws just seems aggressive, like really yeah. aggressive. Um, <laughs> and, uh, a, oh, it's aggressive. That damn amazing a bit aggressive, isn't it? Come on, this is a bit aggressive, oh, mate. Can't you right, just throw yeah. this with a bit more love, please? Yeah, oh, throw it with a bit of a tickle, yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, 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 yes. Everything, it's not like he's peppering you. He's everything no. he's throwing 
like with purpose, like big purpose. Um, the body work, the mate. knees to the body and stuff. Yeah. Oh man! You, you talk about Shavkat's gin. Also, props to Jeff Neal, who took a lot yeah. of damage in that fight, and mm-hmm. you know. He didn't tap, did he? He went out and... Uh, no, I think he I, did tap. Did he? I think he did. I don't think he collapsed to the floor because it was all standing. I think he tapped. Yeah, he, he, he I'm pretty sure. He collapsed to the floor and Shavkat walked off. I'm pretty damn sure about that. Mate, I uh, have been awake for 30 hours, so I'm going to yeah. say you know what you're talking about more than yeah. me. So I, let's I say that. Happens. I don't think he tapped. I don't think he tapped. Um, all right. I thought I saw uh, a tap. Yeah, I mean, uh, 17 and 0 now. There's not many people at 170 that are going to relish that fight. No. I, I think, uh, you know, and I think Rogan said it, that um, your casuals probably don't really know who he is, but, you know, everybody else is excited about this fella, mm. and rightly so. And I think last yeah. night, you know, being so high on a big card like that, I think everybody's now going to be going, can't wait to watch this guy fight again. I mean, what's mm. next for him? Well, he called out Colby. Um, yeah, man. I'm well up for that. I'm up for that. I mean, but then Hamzat Colby was supposed to be a thing for a long time. Dana said he thinks that fight would be fun. Dana also said that Colby is ready to fight and wants to fight. Dana has also said that we've offered Colby fights and he said yes, but then they just haven't worked out for whatever reason. So, I don't know. I, my, my impression was that Colby didn't want to fight because of his whole lawsuit thing with Masvidal yeah. and all of that. But according to Dana White, Colby has said yes and has accepted fights that then just didn't materialise for reasons mm-hmm. he didn't give. So Colby versus Shafkat, I mean, I'd, I'd watch the hell out of that. I'd like that. If that happens, it makes me wonder, is Hamzat going up to middleweight? because that was supposed to be Hamzat's ticket to a title shot, I think. Mm. So we will have to wait and see. I'm not sure. But uh, but that would be that would be a really, really fun fight. I'd, I'd, I'd love to watch that fight. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if he'll have more chance of getting someone like a Bilal Mohammed because Bilal's in one of those really tricky spots where he probably is owed something good. He's on a decent uh, streak, isn't he, Bilal Mohammed? I think, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. Um, so, but Bilal Mohammed again, you know, he, 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 he is one of them sort of quiet guys in the division. And it, why would you go? Oh, I tell you what, I'll fight him. It's like he should be looking above that. That's that's a bit, yeah. that's a that's a, a look back, you know, at the moment for him. And I don't think that's a fucking smart move at all. It's uh, not a smart move, but is it one of those ones that a guy like Bilal needs to fight someone like that in order? To, I mean, gosh, Bilal, actually, you're looking at him. He's on a one, two, three. Well, there's the no contest with Leon Edwards, which I do think he was going to lose that fight. I mean, I know it's, it's hard to know, but he got, I think, he got beaten in that first round quite badly. Let's let's say he did lose to Leon Edwards, which is maybe harsh of me. He's still on a four fight win streak after that, and against good fighters. I mean, Damian Meyer on the way out, but then Wonder Boy, uh, Vincente Luque, who was doing well at the time, I think. And Sean Brady, who was undefeated at the time. I mean, they're good wins. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, maybe Bilal will have to, again, just fight an undefeated guy behind him in order to prove, hey, I'm the guy, which feels harsh, but maybe that's just what has to happen. I don't yeah. know. Um, I mean, 
we've been going like nearly 45 minutes and, and there's still quite a lot to talk about. Um, and I don't think there was too much to talk about with Gamrot Turner. I thought it was quite an average fight to watch. Don't know if you thought there was anything of note to, to, to mention about that fight. Um, I quite enjoyed the fight. I do. I I feel like I had a problem with the judges' scorecards. Um, did you? What did you think? Anything about the scorecards? I didn't. I didn't actually catch the the, the score. What were the What were the points? So it was split decision, and it was um, twenty nine twenty eight Gamrot, twenty nine twenty eight Turner, and then thirty twenty seven Gamrot. No now, way. I'd, ne- I'd need to rewatch the fight. Mm. For me, I scored it 29-28 Turner. I thought Turner had that second round. I thought he had the first and second. Yeah. I thought he landed some damaging strikes in that. And, and I felt like what Gamrot did when he got it to the ground at points wasn't big enough to undo the damage that Turner had damage, caused. Yeah. Um, now, I'd have to rewatch it to have a really good. Uh, opinion on it but watching it live I felt like Turner did enough in rounds one and two to score the most damage and then he lost rounds three round three now giving the the, giving it 29-28 to Gamrot uh, you know I wouldn't have been overly upset by that that's like fine I disagree but fine but 30-27 Gamrot not giving Turner a single round Mm. I I found yeah, I found strange. I, I didn't think I didn't think that was right. I, I didn't. I thought it was quite clear when I was remember watching. It, I thought it was quite clear in in round one. I think that uh, that Turner did enough to land noticeably more damage than yeah. than Gamrot did to it. So I, I did find that that's the scorecards there strange. But I do think Turner did really well. Six foot three. About what is he late late twenties? He's still got a way to go. Um, and he took he, as much as Gamrot stepped in on two weeks' notice. He took Gamrot on two weeks' notice and was preparing for Dan Hooker. I think Jalen Turner would have caused Dan Hooker a lot of problems. Um, and I think former Jaylen guest of the Turner, show, Dan Hooker, former guest of the show, Dan Hooker. Um, and I think that um, yeah, I, I think Jalen Turner's still got still got a decent career in front of him. Gamera, obviously, back in the wing column, he's someone that I think is is really good and has great skill set. Um, so, well, yeah. Anything else you want to say about that fight? No, not really. Um, you know, in, in regards to an exciting career ahead of them, I, I think if, if the UFC's hype machine is anything to go by, Bo Nickel has a very exciting career in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of attention on this fight last night. Um, I, Again, I don't really know too much about wrestling, but from what I gather, uh, he's an absolute legend and yes. beast within the, uh, the, the 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 wrestling uh, world in America. Which we, which we know that that you know, just talking about Jones and that and and, and that college wrestling, it's 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 such a, an important part of of what they do when they you know a, a college, but it's also become a you know a fundamental and and a some a lot of the time an overwhelming skill to have uh, when you get in the octagon and last night Bo Nickel showed that um, very quick stoppage um, two minutes 54 in the first round against Jamie Pickett um, just looked pretty damn solid I thought I mean mm. he's got a long way to go but yeah I mean came I'm, from a low blow though didn't it did it to me 
I thought it was quite clear that Bo Nico, Bo Nico, <laughs> Bo, Bo Nickel, need him in the nuts. Mm. Pickett responded to that and was almost like looking towards the ref who just didn't really do, well, clearly didn't do anything. And Bo Nickel went, thanks very much, I'll take you down now. And then that was the beginning of the end. Um, mm. But I thought it all came from a low blow. And I think I've seen something on social media about his manager is going to be appealing the the fight. Uh, and appealing oh, okay. to him because he felt like it came from a clear low blow. Um, whether or not, I don't know that things regularly do get overturned in that way uh, yeah. when, when fighters appeal decisions and stuff like that. But I think he's definitely got a case for it because when I was watching it, I was like, that's a low blow. And then the fight just continued. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, he's, he's probably going to be fast tracked, isn't he? I mean, the fact that it was his UFC debut, he's only three and oh or whatever it is in MMA. Yeah. And he's fighting on the main card UFC against a guy that was like had twenty one fights. Yeah, this is this is a guy that's going to get fast tracked. Um, Garbrandt Jones, do you want to discuss anything to do with that? Um, well, it was quite a dull fight, I thought. Um, uh, uh, but for me, it felt like Cody was a, a far far better fighter, like yeah. so much better. Um, his speed's phenomenal. Um, you know, he, he, he he's a former champ and, and you know, and, and, and took apart Dominic Cruz. Um, I think Trevin Jones didn't really know what to do, but he clipped Garbrandt and, and it just feels... I think when we first had Brad Pickett on the, the show... Like way back, I think one of the first or second episodes, and Brad said like after he'd got caught, and uh, and, I, and I think Nathaniel even mentioned it. I don't know if it was when it, after we press stopped last week, fighters then reassess a little, and they don't fight the same way. They don't mm. bite down on that gum shield and think, right, here we go, I'm going to take one to eat one, because they've got a little bit of a concern over their chin. And I felt that was the case with with Cody last night, we didn't get them huge strikes. I mean, obviously he's got a different corner there. Um, I don't think he's an alpha male anymore, is he? And, uh, and, and, you know, what was great about Cody Garbrandt was that boxing and that, you know, brawling style that would obliterate people. But then, as we've seen in the last maybe four fights or, or, or is he four and five until last night, getting knocked out, Badly, and uh, and I think whether that's it's got to factor in your your performance. That well, hang on a minute, I don't really want to get hit by him. But it just felt like whenever you got hit by him, it was like right, keep moving, keep moving, and the, the crowd were booing because they expect Cody Garbrandt to be all fireworks. And I think as much as it wasn't super exciting to watch, I think he fought the right fight. I think he just showed off like how talented he is on his feet, how well-rounded he is, how experienced he is. And I think he just got three rounds under his belt. And I think, you know, it, it's all going to build the confidence for, for for up until, you know, now, like a, a pretty, you know, a super exciting fight. Whenever, you know, you see Garbrandt on a card, you knew he was going to get a good fight. Um, we didn't get that last night, but I think it's just about him building up a little bit of confidence again. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say on that. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. you, you made of it? 
Yeah, no, I, I don't think it'll go back to that style, to be honest, because that was the style that was leading to him constantly getting knocked out. Yeah. I think he showed some really great footwork and movement and stuff. I was really disappointed with Trevor Jones in terms of... Like, not that I had high... I, I think it's, it was clear that Garbrandt was a way better fighter. I mean, he's a former champion... I know he's on a bad skid, but that's usually against people that are decent. You know, Pedro Munoz, Kaikara France, they're good fighters, you know, Dillashaw and stuff like that. So he's fighting way lesser competition in, in Trevon Jones. But mm. I just think he just stayed on the outside and let... Yeah. He, he seemed to find it very difficult to touch him. Like Garbrandt had a speed advantage and a footwork advantage. stuff. But I mean, look, what the hell do I know? But when you're fighting a guy like Garbrandt, who's been knocked out so many times of late, surely your game plan is maraud forward and fucking just land one on him quick because that'll just send him backwards. I know Garbrandt hits hard as well, and it was easier said than done, what I'm saying. But not not only that, did he at the start, I think, do the wrong thing. In the third round, he did clip him. He clipped him in the third round. I wouldn't go as far as to say Cody was rocked, but he no. was hurt a bit. He definitely yeah. felt that. And you could see a change in him. And what did he do? He took him down. Took him down. Yeah, and it just, to blue. me, it just showed really poor fight IQ. And mm. I was just like, oh, man. As soon as he locked his hands and took him down, I was like, you're joking. Mm. You've got a guy yeah. that constantly gets knocked out lately on the ropes, as it were, and you're not... You're not going for him. You're, you're going to take yeah. that. It just and 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 even his corner was saying to him before that round, "You need a finish." It yeah. wasn't like he thought, "I've got him on points." They told him, "You're down two rounds. You need a finish." So I don't understand the mentality of going for a takedown with a minute to go in a fight where you know you need a finish. Yeah, um, it was strange to me. Mm, absolutely. Um. Trickers versus um, oh. former guest of the show, Derek Brunson. What did you make of that fight? That was a weird fight, man. But again, I felt like we sort of called it in the preview show. Drickus can only really fight for one round. He gets gassed oh, out. Do you know what, and right? Brunson That's... did in the Cannoneer fight, he did the same thing he did in this fight. He, he mm. got clipped once in the second round after a good first round. And then, boom, it's like his legs went, everything went. He all just, he, he couldn't be there anymore. It was so bizarre. I've, uh, go on, carry uh, on. Uh, if Drickus goes top five now, which I think he will, was Brunson yeah. fifth? I think he was. Yep. My God, like, I don't know how he's got there because literally finished the first round of his math wide open, like, just blowing out of his ass. And it felt in that second round, he was just like wildly swinging. At 185, the rest of that top five, mate, they are going to destroy him. Like, I, I just do not see... The, I, I, the, for me, and I hope I'm wrong, uh, because he seems like a pretty nice fella, I think he's reached where he's going to reach in that level of the UFC now. I, I, I think... Imagine seeing him with like Robert Whitaker or something like that. They'd absolutely obliterate him. Like... It's it's funny well, if he, gets saying, to, he, he talks that he wants a title shot. Five rounds. Fucking hell, mate. I don't think so. <laughs> it's funny you say this, because after that performance, I put out another poll for the, oh, uh, okay. the, the, the Twitter following. Mm. And I said, does Drickers Duplessis trouble anyone in the top five? Mm. Who's in the top five off the top of your head? Oh, well, I'm, he... I'm actually looking at it now. 
Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, it's, it's in front of me. Champion Pereira, Izzy, yeah. Whitaker, Cannoneer, Marvin Vittori. Right. And then, obviously, Drickus. Mm. So, with Drickus now being fifth, I've put, you know, does he trouble anyone in the top five? 59% of people say yes. 41% say no. I'm in the I'm in the no category. Who's he going to hey, trouble in there? Marvin Vittori, I think, will smash him. He's probably got his best chance against Cannoneer, but even Cannoneer, yeah. I think, will be able to survive. I think, I don't like Cannoneer just about survived against Brunson, who's got a way better ground game than Drickus. Um, like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. Whitaker, no way. Adesanya, no way. Pereira, mm. I don't think so. Um, Pereira is a bit of a wild card because, like, what's his takedown defense like when he fights someone that can take yeah. you down? Um, but yeah, I, I I think Drickus against any of those that I've mentioned, Vittori, Cannonier, Whitaker, Adesanya, Pereira, mm. I'd be going for the other guys all day long. I, yeah. I'm really surprised at how Drickus keeps winning, but not looking good. I mean, Darren Till is now no longer with the UFC. I know he got these release because uh, he clearly needs to fix an injury and he wants to take some things to help that go quickly, I think. So he can't be in the USADA pool. But, I mean, Darren wasn't looking amazing hmm. up until that fight. Hmm. And then Drickus gassed so badly that Darren Till did well against him in, in, in that second round. And I think possibly could have beat him actually if it wasn't big you know, the fight went the way it went and uh, Drick has got the win but I think I think Darren Till was was close to maybe I don't, I'll have to rewatch the fight but I, I felt like Darren Till got the upper hand in round two and then unfortunately was taken down early in round three and just couldn't do anything about it but yeah I, I, I I'm not looking at Drickers as a title Maybe even, but definitely not a future champion for me. I think that'll be mad if Drickus Duplessis is the champion of the middleweight Absolutely. division when you've got other people in there like this. I, I just can't see it happening. I, I just, I know that there's fighters over the years that you've just gone, you know, he's got to get them out of there early, otherwise he's going to fall apart. I mean, he was falling apart, but he still did get that win. Don't make yep. no mistake, you know, mm-hmm. he, he he was in that was that. I mean, he stopped him in the second, um, right at the very close of it. But for the whole of that round, it was like watching like uh, the 14th round in a Rocky film. Like they were both literally yeah. just exhausted, just throwing. And it was, and I just think that person's now ranked in the top five. Like, and I don't want to hate on him, I really don't. No. But but he just felt like, how are you in the top five? Like it, it, after the first round, he was exhausted, and it wasn't like Derek Brunson was smashing him like it, it wasn't a complete like onslaught and you know and he was just being ragdolled and he should have been absolutely blowing it I don't know I just wonder like how how his cardio is in training and what his trainers are, are, are assessing from these these performances because is he just getting an adrenaline dump in that first round where like mm-hmm. it just all just falls out of him at, at the end of the first I don't know but I don't think there's anyone in that that top five that are going to be concerned by by Drickus on the last two performances, and and I just think it's strange he's he's in that position after them two outings. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, right, where are we at? Okay, we're at the hour mark. Is 
Do, where do you want to go now? Well, the only thing I'm, I'm that interested in talking about now is uh, former guest of the show, Ian, the future Mikado Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, do you know what? Former guest of the show, Paddy the Baddy, is coming with all the hype. And uh, love him or love him, you know, he's, he's a superstar. I'm more excited to see what's going to happen with Ian Gary. I think Ian Gary has got something really special. Uh, yes, he got clipped. I liked what he'd done the minute he got clipped. He just, he, he sharpened up quick. He's got age on his side. Precision, that boy's got with his striking, phenomenal. Yeah. The range and Harry keeps that range and Harry fights, amazing. The fact that in that round, in that third round, he went, whooped, let's go, <laughs> and then fucking <laughs> destroyed him. Yeah. In spectacular fact. Body yeah. shots, unreal. Yeah. Like, and we love Paddy, and, you know, they both moved into the UFC around the same time, both Cage, Cage Warriors champions. But for me, you know, the fact that he was on the fight past prelims is disappointing because I think he's a superstar in the making. I really do. And I think I, I, I'm more interested to watch his journey at the moment. I think it, it could mm. be something very, very special. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, I mean... <sighs> I think he could I, do great things. I think he's, you know, exciting stylistically to watch and and I, I like Ian you know we 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 got on really well with Ian he's been on the show a couple of times um I do I do think that there's an element of this was meant to be quite an easy fight for him mm. he got the finish which is fantastic and he got mm. it in great style and that's the main thing but he did get it wasn't just clipped he was rocked but like didn't look in, didn't look in trouble I thought he did looked in look trouble. In, no, I didn't think I so. I thought he did. Uh, I, 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 I mean, he's, Ian he's, said he's, after after the fight, like, you know, it's four-ounce gloves. My granny can stick on four-ounce gloves, lay one on me, and, and you never know. But yeah. um, I, I thought he did look in a bit of trouble, and I was I was worried for him for, for a little bit. Um, but he maybe went back to his corner and um, yeah. was, was, was talking to his corner and was because fine. Because he got through and, the round. But in, in that moment, yeah. I felt like, again, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, 30 hours without sleep, whatever. But I feel like had uh, Keenan Song carried on with the striking rather than, again, I think going towards kind of like getting a, a mm. body lock situation going on, it could have been very, very hairy. I thought he looked, he looked pretty rocked, but he, he did recover mm. well, got back to his corner, and then he did really well after that. Mm. But and and as you say, it's one of those things you you can anyone can get clipped, anyone can get hit. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, I I wonder if the UFC might look at that and go, oh, I, I, I thought chance. you were meant to be better. Than, you don't think? Nah, no, nah, not at all. Did you hear the crowd? You know, there's an American crowd, you know, and they're all chanting for Gary in the third round. Yeah. When you then whoop and then you get a finish like that, yeah. people ain't worried about that getting clipped. Like, yeah. fighters get clipped. Fighters, you know, all the way out. Everybody gets one and and I think it's just experience. And from after that moment, he did not drop his hand from the side of his head for the rest mm. of that fight. 
you know, and and that's what it's about getting them rounds under your belt. You know, he's he's he he didn't make that mistake again, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure his his corner when they watch it back are going to go right. Well, that's why that happened. It's quite straightforward, you know, yep. and and well done because you know after that. It didn't happen again, yeah. and his striking was fucking incredible. It was great. Gary's like, it was body shots um, were amazing. Yeah, and oblique kicks were fantastic. Like mm. it was just peppering him, and like calf kicks, and like I, I, I thought he looked the real deal last night. Yes, he got clipped, but yeah, and then to just turn it on for the crowd, whoop, yeah, and then just do that. That's that for me is like. A fantastic finish and super exciting and yeah, I, I, I want to see where it's going to go. Yeah, you know, well, he's he, he so wants young. to fight. He wants to fight at two eighty seven, which is in Miami. Well, it's not in far. About four weeks. Yes, um, that's the one that is his stable mate uh, Gilbert Burns is going to fight in Masvidal. So yeah, I don't know if he'll get on that card or not. But mm. if he can get on the card, like if he can go from. One pay per view card, and then he's on a paper, another pay per view card in just mm. two cards time type thing, then or two numbered cards time. Then I think that's really good for him. That really builds mm. his, you know, visibility and brand. Because again, yeah. they've stuck him on the fight pass prelims. There, <laughs> I mean, this was a very good card, but you would hope, you know, if you're in his team, you want him at least on the normal prelims, not the fight pass prelims. Yeah. I think. I think when we'd done the pre-show, we was all a little bit surprised that that was where he mm. was. But um, obviously, there's a lot more in, there's a lot more hype around Bo Nickel at the moment, and yeah. uh, and I think they wanted to really showcase that debut. And, yeah. and I think potentially that might have been what bumped uh, Ian Gary back down. But yeah, that finish of, of Ian Gary's was way more exciting than that arm triangle choke of Bo Nickel's, as far as I'm concerned. That's a good um, point. Yeah, and yeah, let's 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 see what um what happens to to, to Ian Gary in the f- in the future. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I know you've been awake thirty hours. Even that little painful, that little sniggy. Uh, that it was. I had to really force it out just out of politeness. Um, oh god, I've not got another one of them in me. Um, right, are we done? I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean. Great event. Wish we could have seen more from uh, from the big man, but you know it's never in doubt now, is it? He's 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 the goat. And uh, did you see the little face-off between uh, Jamal Hill, so former guest of the show, Jamal Hill, and um, yeah, uh, I forgot his name, Prahashka. Um, right, Prahashka. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, looks like it could be getting done. Let's hope that. Uh, I would love to see that more than like. Mm. You know, him defending against like an Ankalaev or whatever. I, I really want to see Prohashka back. I love Prohashka. Yeah, so, um, Yeah, we'll see what happens there between Prohashka and uh, former guest of the show, Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. Right, I think we're done. Give us a follow on the socials, please, people. Um, we're most active, I guess, on, on, on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook. And, yeah, as we've mentioned, countless people uh, on this episode have been former guests of the show. Um... Would be um, who did we have on before Nathaniel? Who did we have on the week before? Modestus Bacascus. Uh, oh, Modestus. Um, what a great chat that was. Go check that one out if you missed it. And uh, and yeah, so many. Uh, go and check out the uh, the first episode with with Ian Gary. That was such a laugh. Um, that, yep. that was just before he he, he, he took the um, the Cage Warriors strap, and we spoke to him since as well. 
We've mentioned Paddy. We've had Paddy on a few times. Um, Derek we've had Brunson. Him all Derek Brunson, yeah. who I believe it sort of put something out. I think he might have retired, you know. Oh, really? I think he has. I think he put a tweet out. I only kind of just saw it before we came on the thing, but I think he's put something out saying thanks very much, and, and I think he might be done. He's 39 years old, you know. Yeah. I think he might All be right. done. So happy trails to Derek Brunson if that is your, your retirement fight. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back next time. Uh, in the meantime, um, we'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, boys. Now. I'm going to go sleep.